1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Today, friends, we proclaim this good news. God is light. <laughs> it's the message. God is light. He reveals who he is and who we are so we can accept what's real. And here's what's real. The resurrected Christ is our advocate. And you are free to live in that light today. I pray the Lord be with you. Let's pray. Father, will you shine your light on us, we ask? Will you help us to hear and respond to your good news today. We don't want to become smarter. We want to become more faithful. So help us to not let your message stay only in our minds, safely sequestered in an abstract mental place. But Lord, may you have your way here. By your spirit, shine your light. May today be a day of resurrection. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, I got this new app, uh, this new, I'm, I'm a part of a new club. I pay monthly to be a part of this club, uh, but it's, so far it's worth it. It's called Movie Pass. Any Movie Pass people, you accepted Movie Pass into your heart? So Movie Pass, <laughs> Movie Pass is a monthly subscription that lets you see uh, as many movies as you want for $10 a month. And so I've been, uh, I made a commitment to myself to treat myself. Uh, and to, to see some, there's some really good cinema out, some good movies, and so I've seen some uh, great films, and my son and I were at a movie a couple weeks ago, and we saw a preview for a movie, and he, we finished the preview, and he goes, Dad, we have to go see that movie, and inside I was like, really? <laughs> um, and so, this week, uh, I took my son to see I can only imagine the story of Bart Millard, the lead singer of Mercy Me. Now, typically I stay away from Christian movies uh, because they typically aren't done well. <laughs> My opinion. <laughs> that may be courageous to say that here. I'm not sure that comment would be fireproof, but um, there, there's... Uh, hey... Let's pray. Uh, the movie, uh, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, I'm, I'm going to share uh, some of the story of the movie. Um, and so uh, feel free to play Candy Crush on your phone for two minutes if you don't want to hear part of the plot. Uh, I Can Only Imagine tells the story of Mercy Me's lead singer, Bart Millard. And it centers on his, uh, his writing of the song that has become like the best-selling Christian song of all time. Uh, which is the song I can only imagine. I'm sure you're familiar with that song. Bart grows up in a small Midwestern town uh, as the only child of a verbally and physically abusive father. His dad is an ex-college football player. His name's Arthur. 
And he, uh, basically his glory days are behind him. And we get the picture in the movie that his dad is sort of old, resentful, bitter, angry. One of the f- when we first meet him, he's burning his high school trophies and football gear. Bart um, gets dropped off at a church camp by his mom. And when he comes back home, he, he finds out his mom has abandoned the family. And so Bart is left to grow up with an angry, bitter man um, who only cares about football. Well, Bart tries to play football and ends up getting injured in high school. And what we find out about Bart is that he's always had this dream of being an artist. He's a creative. He's, he makes things as a kid. His dad is very resentful and, and despises that. And uh, he begins to, he loves music. He listens to music all the time. And so uh, once he realizes he can't, uh, be, be a football player anymore, um, his relationship with his dad basically just f- falls off the cliff. It's already bad, but it gets even worse. And so Bart makes this commitment. Upon graduation from high school, he leaves home. He leaves his dad. He's got a childhood sweetheart he's dating named Shannon. He leaves her too, and he vows never to return. There's too much pain at home. There's too much hurt. There's too much unreconciled relationship with his dad. So he goes on the road and he forms a band. Uh, this band uh, plays Christian music at youth rallies all over the country. This is the band Mercy Me. And uh, there's a climactic scene in the movie where he goes to Nashville and he, uh, an agent from Nashville named Scott Brickle had kind of, they'd reached out to him, he'd come and saw their shows, Mercy Me on the road. And he's, in, he's put together this the show that Mercy Me can perform with these, um, these uh, record exec- executives, these, these label executives, so that Mercy Me can hopefully get uh, signed to a record label. So Bart and his band, they're juiced, they're excited, they play this show in front of these five uh, record label execs. They, they're, they're jazz, they think it's the best show they've ever played, uh, but the record execs unanimously appraise Bart to his face, And tell him you're not good enough. Despondent, Bart quits the band and he sulks in sort of this self pity, self loathing, and anger. At this point, the agent, Brickle, kind of moves towards Bart. He's left his band, he's sitting backstage by himself. And he confides in him. He says this. Brickle says this to Bart. He says, sometimes it seems like I see who you really are on stage. And it's genuine and magical. But usually what I see on stage is a man wearing a mask. Like he's hiding from his life. What are you hiding from, son? What are you running from? And Bart, uh, confesses. He says, my dad. He's a monster. See, Bart is a Christian. He's been a Christian almost his whole life. And he's doing Christian things. He's singing about God. He's praising God. He's leading teenagers in worship music. But he's living in the dark. He's living behind a mask. Don't miss this. He's doing Christian things. 
and those Christian things are the way that he is hiding from and escaping God. Bart's estranged from his mom who abandoned him. He's unreconciled to his dad. He's abandoned his girlfriend. And Bart realizes that he's using God to escape his life. Can anyone relate to this today? Maybe your story has different pain or sadness or loss, but all of us can relate to having something in our life wanting to get away from it. Maybe it's an unreconciled relationship with a spouse or a a parent or a child. We're trying to get away or, or beyond something. Bart goes on the road and loses himself in music. Others of us can't do that. Maybe we're in high school still, or we're not as good as Bart at the music. But we, we find ways to check out or to numb ourselves. In a world, friends, full of darkness and pain, where the best we can do is to run and hide and escape our real life for a bit, and maybe even use God to do so. Today we proclaim that God is light. He's light. He reveals who he is and who we are so we can deal with reality. And this is what's real. Jesus is our advocate. In reality, Jesus is our advocate. We're free to live in that reality today. We're free to face what's real. Our text from 1 John, uh, uh, I always feel like I need to do 40 minutes of teaching and four. So here we go. John is written to a group of people who are hearing this message about Jesus that doesn't comport with what John experienced. Most commentators think that the community John is writing to was exposed to an early form of Gnosticism, Gnosticism. Gnosis is the Greek word for knowledge. And so the, the message these people were hearing about Jesus is that he didn't, he didn't really come in the flesh. He was this apparition, this spirit. And the way that you become a Christian is you achieve this enlightenment, this knowledge, the, and live these ideals. And what these ideals do is they free you from these bodies that are gross and hairy and smelly with boogers. Like they freeze you from this stuff so that you can live in the spiritual realm and get away from this physical bleh. Right? This is what John's dealing with. Now I'll say more about this later. We don't have that exact issue today. There's a form of Gnosticism happening today. I'll talk about that in a little bit. So we have to figure out like how does this text that's written for a specific, this is a timely text, friends written for a specific issue. So everything John's talking about here is framed to help these people with that specific issue. Like, how do we hear this today? Well, I, I want to I phrase it like this. These two parts of this text. God is so real. This is one of our axioms at our church. <laughs> God is so real. 
that he most fully meets us right where we really are. God is so real. He most fully meets us right where we really are. John, in the first few chapters or verses, he's like, hey, we saw this person. We touched them. We heard them. Uh, Jesus was real. He, was, he physically existed. Like, we, we saw him. He had a certain odor when he woke up in the morning. Like, we, we know who this guy is. We've seen him with our own eyes. There's a, there's a testimony here that John is saying. We're witnesses, eyewitnesses to this. And so we've seen and heard, and now we're going to declare to you. So that, notice in verse 3, so that the joy we have can be yours as well. The good news that God is light, that he reveals, creates communities of joy. Not merely individuals who are enlightened. God is light, not darkness. He reveals who he is and who we are so we can deal with what's real. And here's what's real. John says, Jesus is our advocate and we can live in that freedom today. So uh, incarnation is important for John. Not just information. Relationship is important to John. Communities, not, not just ideas and information and abstractions. Righteousness is important to John. Not just being right about the knowledge I have and you don't. Friends, um, there's certain ways this shows up in our world today, in our Christian world today. I, I, um, I've talked to you about this before, that uh, one of the qualifications for ministry when I became a pastor, and it's still a qualification, just ask Spencer, is that you have a master's of divinity. That you, there's this, there's this corpus of knowledge that you have to master. And the way that you master it is you listen and take notes and memorize and regurgitate and synthesize. You basically get information and you give it back in certain like modes, certain vehicles, right? And so my master divinity, which I would not trade for the world, so don't hear what I'm not saying, right? Was good. But but we have we have this this idea that because I took 30 hours of Greek, that I'm that I'm actually living in the light. That's not true. That, that because I uh, read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages, that I actually know how to be with somebody who's hurting and suffering and minister God's light there. That's not true. It's not true. I had to learn that after I mastered divinity. <laughs> I actually had to learn how to live in the light after my master's degree. And this is the message, friends. This is the good news, that God is light. God isn't some secret piece of knowledge that if you come to my seminar, I'll give to you, and then you've got this, the truth, you've got the secret, and nobody else does. No, God's light. 
We've seen it. We've heard it. We've told you. We've told you. There's, no, there's nothing we've withheld from you about it. God's light. He reveals who he is and who we are so we can deal with what's real. And here's what's real. Jesus is our advocate. We can live in the light, walking in the light, becoming a community of joy together. It's good news, friends. It's good news. So this walking in the light then, this living in the light, is uh, God is so real, we've seen, we've touched, we've heard, we've tasted, I can tell you, he's here, that he most fully meets us where we really are. If we say we're without sin, if we pretend like we've got our stuff together, if we put on our Sunday best and do our Ned Flanders dance, how are you, brother? Good, sister, how are you? Never better. If I was better, I'd be dead. Yeah, me too. Better than I deserve. If we do that kind of thing, some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if we do the sanctification shuffle with each other, we're missing the message that God is light. We're missing it. So uh, living in the light then, walking in the light, living as though God is light means that we are at home and owning and naming where we are. If we do sin, we live in full confidence that Jesus Christ is our advocate in the midst of that. Not our adversary accusing us, not an antagonist, not apathetic, but an advocate, an advocate, somebody who's with us and for us, somebody who's fighting for us, a champion, somebody who's like, okay, good, I'm glad, you have, I'm glad we, ta- we, we can see this now. Step into the light. So friends, we no longer have to hide or manage or pretend like darkness doesn't exist. If we say we don't have darkness, the truth is not in us. We can live in the light. God is light. That's the message. That's the message. God is light. He reveals who he is and who we are. So we can own what's real. We can own that he's real and that this is the reality about me. And John ends with this little text about, um, you know, Jesus being our advocate because he's the atoning sacrifice for our sins. There's literally hundreds of thousands of words spilled over what this phrase means, atoning sacrifice. Hundreds of thousands. And I want to propose something that might be a little um, contrarian. That's not a surprise for most of you. There's all this debate about this, this word, atoning sacrifice, which is the Greek word hilasterion. What does that mean? And I'm going to say words that you probably have never heard before. Words like propitiation or expiation. Hundreds of thousands of words written over how does Jesus, how does God atone for our sins in Jesus? Like, how does that work exactly? And I want to propose that that is an important conversation. But if we focus on that little piece of how does this work, that little piece of knowledge, and fight over it, and then have a camp of, oh, propitiation's right and expiation's wrong, or expiation's right and propitiation's wrong, we are redoing the Gnosticism that John writes this letter to debunk. The point of it is, this is the message. God is light. Not, this is the message, here's how the atonement works. Do you guys see the difference there? 
One is an invitation into relationship with God and other people, living in the full advocacy of Jesus. The other is, I've got this special understanding about how the cross works, and if you don't understand it the way I do, you can't, be, you can't have fellowship with me. Do you see that? That is the same rubbish that John was writing against in this letter. I'm proud of myself because I could have talked 40 minutes about that and only took three. Friends, the good news today, this is the message that we heard and proclaimed to you. God is light. He reveals who he is and who we are so we can live in what's real. And here's what's real. Jesus is our advocate. In the midst of all the things we want to escape and hide and refuse and deny, he's our advocate there. And as we live in the light with Jesus there, we have fellowship with one another. And our joy is complete. That's where joy is. Joy isn't in pretending there's no darkness. Joy is in owning the darkness with the advocate we have so we can live in the light. Amen? So uh, at the table, friends, how do we respond to this as a corporate body? How are we we living into this good news corporately? And how then do we respond to this personally today? We don't gather for worship to forget our life and troubles for a while. We don't call our worship time a celebration because not all worship is celebration. In fact, most of the worship in the Psalms is in celebration. Uh, it's, we don't worship to escape. We worship to engage with what's real. It's real. Our DNA groups, our discipleship groups, we practice meeting God where we're really at. Right? And part of discipleship is waking up to the fact that we don't realize who we really are most of the time. We have, all have mechanisms for not tending to and engaging with where I really am. And we have to see those and name those and lay those down in order to meet with God where we really are. We learn here, friends, um, learning, meaning we, we, we're, we're on a journey here. We learn not to give advice and ideas and pep talks and pity parties when you own a name where you're at, but to receive it, to thank you for it, to welcome you, to have have a hospitable character, and then to discern good news and proclaim that to you there and walk in the light together. Personally, I'm learning this as a dad right now. I'm learning to meet my kids like where they really are, rather than where I demand them to be. My daughter right now, I shared this in my DNA group earlier today, she wants nothing to do with me most of the time. I don't, you know, God bless her, I love her. But she wants nothing to do with me. Hi, Cece, good morning. (laughs) Cece, I said good morning. Dad, stop it. Okay. All right. We'll try this again tomorrow. Uh, she wants nothing to do with me most of the time, part, partly because um, the other night we were going to bed and she said, Dad, I want you to share five funny things about me that you love and then I'll share five funny things about you. She left off the love part. Um, so I share these five things about her. My daughter's so creative. She's always imagining, pretending, she's singing or dancing or writing or teaching or 
always, I'm, I'm sharing these things, and she shares her five things, and four of them were about how gross and disgusting I was. <laughs> so part of it is she's got in her head when I wake up that I'm gross and disgusting. Um, but then, friends, then, like uh, yesterday, I'm watching, it's like middle of the afternoon, uh, we had some friends for lunch, and they left, and I, I, the Masters is on, which is the unofficial beginning of spring for me. I love the Masters tournament. So I turn it on, and there's people are making shot after shot. It was an incredible, like, golf. Okay, I'm boring you all. But it was like a good golf morning. And I'm watching this, and my daughter's like, Dad, dance with me. The same dance that lasts 30 seconds. Let's do it 47 times. And she, she wants to dance with me for like an hour and a half. And all I want to do is sit on the couch and, like, watch the Masters, right? So I dance with her for 30 minutes. I mean, I did a pretty good job dancing, like bending over like this, dancing with her, picking her up. And I'm like, I'm like worn out. I'm kind of an old man. I'm worn out. And, I, and she's just demanding like time. And so like I'm realizing, I'm realizing for me that I, I want to dictate my relationship to you. When I want to read to you, when I want to talk to you, when I want to dance with you, I want you to be on my agenda. But I don't want to meet you where you really are. Because that that takes some work. That actually takes some love. Ain't nobody got time for that. My, my, son, uh, my son, Deacon, is reading these books. I think I've mentioned um, these Percy Jackson books that talk about Greek and Roman mythology. It's great. Um, one of the things, though, I'm realizing is that these books um, like unfurl the world of Greek and Roman mythology way, way, way better than the Jesus Storybook Bible does for God. Right, and so so Deacon's like, I I want I want to I want to believe in the Greek and Roman gods, <laughs> like, you know, and he's nine and he's um, he's baptized. God bless him. Uh, but 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 part of me, as like pastor, dad, Christian guy, like wants to not let him be there. No, 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 no. It's wrong to think that. You don't, here's why you don't want to follow Hermes. <laughs> Things I never thought I'd say. Right? I'm, here's what I'm learning. Yesterday, or two days ago at bedtime, like I'm putting Deacon to bed. He always asks me the most incredible questions right at bedtime. Dad, this is the question he asked me two nights ago. Dad, I wrote it down because I want to remember it. Dad, what if when we die, we find out we were wrong about Jesus being God? And I was like, what time is it? <laughs> I think I said, that's a great question, Deacon. Make sure you ask your mom that tomorrow. <laughs> no, I said, let's, it's too late to talk about this, but let's talk about it tomorrow. He's like, okay, I want you to put a reminder in your phone so we can talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> so I did. And so as we picked up food for the food pantry, we talked about this. And I felt this urge. Like, my son hasn't learned yet that that's not something you should talk about in church. Thank God. He hasn't learned that that's a shameful thought to have, and so I'm going to hide it and keep it back because all my good Christian friends, right, 
will think bad about me. And so I found myself having to fight the urge to push him into the dark with that question by just sort of resolving it and settling it quickly. Friends, we don't, like, the light, living in light's like a good idea, but when push comes to shove, the darkness is, is safer. It's safer. It's safer. Yeah. Friends, this is the message God is like. He reveals who God is. He's an advocate. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, not to accuse, but to fight for us. And he's not fighting for you when you're killing it, right after you said your prayers, or wrote your check to the table, (laughs) or whatever you've done that's like a good Christian deed. But he's fighting for you when you're aware of your darkness, right there, in your anxiety, in your fear, And that light reveals who we are so that we can step into the light. We can trust God with it. We can share in that fellowship and then we have joy together. We have joy together because we're learning to live in the light together. Together. So here's, um, we need to respond to this good news. We don't just hear good news here and think about it. Right? We want to be like Zacchaeus who when he heard a lunch invitation from Jesus didn't go, mm, Jesus, that's so good. I'm going to, I want to think about lunch with you for a bit. No, he gets out of the tree and goes to lunch. Like he, like activate our bodies. So we do that primarily here through prayer, peace, Eucharist, and singing. Everything we do from here on out in the service is a response to this invitation to live in the light. So let's start with praying together. There's a prayer in your booklet. And it starts with an affirmation. Jesus, we desire to be a community of joy that lives in the light together. That's who we want to be. We're meeting in Spirit of Joy's building. Jesus, we desire to be a community of joy that lives in the light together. Help me to meet you where I really am in my blank. Where do you need help to experience Jesus as your advocate today? Name it, right? Because God's a good father who knows what we need before we ask, we don't have to pray the perfect prayer to get him to work. We just want to use this prayer to submit to offer our bodies and we'll all respond with Lord, hear our prayer. So you say, whatever it is, in your mercy we say, Lord, hear our prayer. Let's spend some time praying together. Jesus, we desire to be a community of joy that lives in the light together. Help me to meet you where I really am and where my son really is and his questions about you. God, give me the faith to trust that you're at work in his questions. Lord, in your mercy.
Yes, God, we do pray to be a community of joy that sees you and hears you and responds to you and then proclaims good news to each other so that our joy may be full and complete, Lord. God, we pray for uh, mission through our church, that our mission would be one of uh, bringing light, revealing who you are and helping other people own where they are so that they can encounter your forgiving, saving, freeing advocacy for them. That you have died for them on their behalf, for their sake, in their place, and that you are now sitting at the right hand of the Father, Jesus, advocating for the least of us, the, the, the ones most lost, and also the ones who have been found. God, give us a heart. Give us a heart that breaks for those who need to encounter Jesus the Advocate. Lord, we pray too for our uh, community here that you would, uh, it's, it's hard work, Lord, to bring our darkness to light. It's hard work not to put on a show for each other. It's, I, that is hard work, but it's even harder to trust your love is more powerful than our shame. So give us the faith and the courage to do that, Lord. We want to be a community that lives in reality, that reckons with what's real, that brings hope and healing and good news to each other and to this world. Can we pray for our world right now, for uh, the death and the violence that uh, is far off and also near God? We pray for your kingdom of peace to reign. May all our violence cease, Lord Jesus. God, we pray for uh, <laughs> we pray for families who are uh, getting back from spring break for safe travels for them as well. God, we uh, continue to thank you for spirit of joy and their hospitality of us in this place. What a blessing it is! God bless Pastor Mark and his congregation. God, we uh, commit all these things to you as well as the prayers we hold in our hearts, the things even we cannot put words to, but groan inwardly. We know that you are faithful. As we pray, your kingdom will come and your will be done right there. On earth as it is in heaven, we ask these things, Jesus, in your name and for your sake. Amen. Friends, uh, because the children might riot if we don't let them in, and because we're going to transition to coming to the table, let's greet each other in the peace of Christ by saying the peace of Christ be with you, returning it by saying also with you. Let's do that. Let's do that as we welcome the kids back in.
All right, friends, we're going to come to the table together. So let's uh, find our places and sing uh, the doxology together as we prepare to come to the table. Where's the doxology? You are talking to yourself. Yep. Um. Nothing's ever going to change as we just sing this song. All right, sing this with me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Kids, having trouble with my stool. Here we go. We've heard it proclaimed that God is light, and He is so real that He most fully meets us where we really are. So we come to the table today uh, not to impress God or to even beg Him for anything, but the table is prepared. Uh, Jesus is our atoning sacrifice, He freely offers the love and the grace and the healing and the freedom that flows here. So come, friends, uh, not, 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 not wishing, but come trusting that Jesus is here. Have confidence in his love for you and receive what you need today from his death and resurrection. As you come, if you have an offering, feel free to put it in that basket as well. Let's pray these prayers together. Friends, the Lord be with you. 